all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. So speak, God, like only you can speak tonight. We are open and ready in Jesus' name. Somebody say, I'm open and I'm ready. Come on, grab a seat. Let's go to work. Our series is The Kingdom in You. Now, let me say this, everybody. I teach in series. Now, that's important to understand because if you come during a month where I'm teaching on a particular series, all the messages are going to be about that topic. So do not say, well, Bishop never teaches on this. Well, that's because we're in a series. And in that series, we're not covering every single thing in the Bible. Why do we do this? Because I am not a pastor who is trying to impress anybody but God. It is my job as a shepherd to take the food, chop it up, and serve it to you. So not just you say, ooh, that's good, but then you can take it home and make your life good. Because you, watch me, I will not stand before the Lord as a shepherd and say, God, we had a good show, but they never got substance. I will stand before the Lord and say, Lord, I gave them what it was that you told me to give them so that they had the power to change their lives. You are come that we might have life and have life more abundantly. So I teach in series because I want you to get results in your life. And you are sitting next to somebody. I need to let you know you on the fruit row. What you mean the fruit roll? That means they're about to have some results in their life. You have talked your last talk without walking it. Baby, you're about to walk and talk. I wish I had some people in this building and some people online that were expecting to see some fruit in your life. Open up your mouth say, I'm about to bear some fruit. I all right, so to bear fruit, seed has to be sown. That's the word. Then that word has to be watered. That is not only you hearing the word again, but that's the actions you take after you hear that word, which means you'll begin to see it when you hear it and do it. That's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Whatever I repeatedly hear, I will eventually believe, which is why you have to be careful that you do not allow yourself to listen to a bunch of negative drama gossip mess. 
You don't have time to be strolling through social media looking at everybody living their life. Why? Because you're about to live your best life. Come on, y'all play with me. You're not just going to be looking at other people saying, wow, look at what God's doing for them. You're about to be the one people are looking at and say, wow, look at what God's doing. You better elbow somebody and say, you're about to be the main attraction. I Watch me, not for your glory, but for God's glory. The Bible says that people would see your fruit and begin to glorify your Father in heaven. Which means God says, I don't need you to just talk it. God says, I don't want no more talking Christians only. I need walking, talking Christians. I need ones that walk it and talk it. And when they make a mistake, they don't let anybody hold their mistakes against them. You're supposed to be a Christian. I am one. And you don't get to hold. If Jesus forgives me, who in the hell are you to think that you get to hold it against me? Y'all like I didn't cuss hell as a Greek word, Gehenna, which means hot trash. You need to tell some of those people that try to make you feel bad and try to judge you. You're supposed to be a Christian. Baby, I am one. And proof that I am one is, yes, I made a mistake. Yes, I owe my mistake. But watch me, my mistake is covered in the blood. Baby, you looking kind of bloody tonight. You're looking like Jesus has covered your mistakes and covered your failures let the redeemed of the Lord say so alright so here we go so here we go because right, I need to get that up off of you because sometimes you're scared to talk about the Lord because you make mistakes we all make mistakes we all fail proof that there's God is that when we fail we don't stay down but we get up can I give you Bible Peter Peter says to Jesus, I will never, ever leave you. And Jesus looks at Peter and he's like, listen, son, before this day's even over, you're going to deny me three times. He says, I'll never do that. And what happens that day? He denies Jesus three times. So much so, watch me, that he goes back to doing what he used to do. I came to get somebody that's in this building or online tonight that when you made a mistake, you went back to what you used to do. Jesus says he would make Peter a fisher of men. But the moment Peter messed up, he went back to his fishing boat and said, I guess I can't do this God thing anymore. I guess I can't do this church thing anymore. I guess I can't do this serving thing anymore because I have messed up and made a mistake. And I came to get somebody and they might be on your rope. So I just need you to elbow and say the Lord's coming through this way. He's coming. Because some people think that because you made a mistake, because you failed, because you screwed up, because you messed up, because you had a bad day, then all of a sudden you decide to throw your whole car in the river because one of your lights is not working. So Peter goes back to fishing and he goes back to doing what it was he was doing before he met Jesus. So much so that when he has one of those great catches, what you maybe didn't know is that that's after he went back to doing what he used to do. And he says to the Lord, after he has a great catch of fish, I'm not even worthy to be around you because I left you to go back to what I knew. But God, you came where I was to come get me and bring me. Let me see if I can make it plain. For everybody that thought that you were too far from God, he about to get you tonight. For everybody that's watching that thought you had made too many mistakes, you had walked away from your calling and walked away from your assignment, I need you to open your mouth and say, he's coming to get me tonight. I you're not too old, you're not too young, you're not too black, you're not too white, you're not too tall, you're not too short. You are just what he's looking for. 
So here we go. I have to get that up all for you. Watch me. Here we go. The series is The Kingdom in You. Say, there's a kingdom in me. What's the series? It's to learn what Jesus gives us when we become Christians. Salvation is not the end. Salvation is the beginning. Okay, what's another word for salvation? Being born again, becoming a Christian. At Harvest, we use the term decision, right? Because we, you have to make a decision, right? The Bible says that you didn't pick him, he picked you, but once he picked you, you had to respond to the pick. Like somebody could come drop a million-dollar check off at your door all day long, but you got to go cash that bad boy. You got me? All right, so salvation's not the end, it's the beginning. It's the beginning of a brand new life, right? So look at this. Jesus, once we become Christians, he gives us something called the kingdom. Now, Jesus' kingdom is not like any other natural kingdom. It's not like the United Kingdom. It's not like an African kingdom. It is not like a South American kingdom. No, it's nothing like that because those kingdoms are landlocked. And watch me. Those are kingdoms that their leaders eventually die. Jesus' kingdom, the Bible says, it goes on forever and ever and ever and ever because he is immortal. Before time was, I am. See, it's not he was because he's always perpetually I am. Moses says, Lord, we are about to go to Pharaoh and tell him the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob says to let us go. But we can't tell him the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob say to let us go. What is your name? And do you want to know what God calls himself? He says, my name is I am. What does that mean? Whatever follows my I am, I am saying God said, which is, let me go here. You got to be careful what comes after I am, because whatever you say after I am, you are literally taking the name of the Lord in vain. You missed it. Some of you thought that if you said a particular type of profanity that you were taking the name of the Lord in vain. But no, every time you say something crazy after I am, you are taking the name of the Lord in vain. Because the name of the Lord is I am. So if you say I am broke, you took the name of the Lord in vain. If you say I am sad, you're taking the name of the Lord in vain. If you say I am not going to be able to do it, you're taking the name of the Lord in vain. But you sit next to somebody that says I'm about to have the best half of 2021. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm about to have the best half of this year. He says, he says, my name is I am. Got it? So I am is how God chose to identify himself. Now, so, so before there was time, I am. After time ends, I am. In time, I am. He's never I was. He's I am. That's what the Bible says. He's a very present help in a time of need. What, what does that mean? Uh, we used to say, if you grew up in the old school church, they say he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there on time. Here's what you don't realize. He's been there. Don't confuse silence with absence. Just because he's not saying anything loud doesn't mean he's not right there with you. Bishop, how do I know God's been with me? Baby, that's the only reason you made it. The only reason you made it this far is because I am. The only reason you didn't take your life is I am. The only reason you in church on a you used to talk about people who came to church on a Wednesday and look at you in the building, look at you streaming. Somebody say he is I am. So his kingdom never ends. He never dies. He's not. He has no mortality. Got it. And the scripture makes it clear that that kingdom he gives to us. And I've been teaching you and drilling down every single week what the kingdom is. Let's do a quick recap. 
The kingdom is what? Number one, it's heaven's attributes in the earth. It's not perfection. It is the manifestation of the attributes of heaven in the earth. I've taught you what those attributes are from Romans. That's righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, right with God, right to God, which means it may not be right to you, but it's right to God. There are certain things you will go through that feel really wrong to you, but are really right to God. It felt wrong to Joseph that his own brothers betrayed him, but it felt right to God to teach him not to depend on blood, but to depend on... Okay, so righteousness, then peace. Peace, this Hebrew word we use all the time, shalom. Can I encourage you to incorporate that in how you talk to people? Well, watch me, because every time you speak that to somebody, you're prophesying to them. You're telling them nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. See, when you say what's up, you're asking about a moment. When you say shalom, you're speaking to their future. When you say, what's up, bro, you're speaking to the moment. But when you say shalom, you're speaking to their future. And you need some people around. You've had enough people call it what it is. You need some people to speak life into what it's about to be. You need some people around you that'll walk up on your worst day and say, keep your head up. You look shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. Matter of fact, you coming with me to church tonight. Matter of fact, you coming to me on church on Sunday. So what does this mean? Nothing is missing, nothing is broken, nothing lacking, all is well. So somebody might say, well, Bishop, I don't feel like that, though. It looks like something is lacking. And I've used this uh, several times. We're going to look at it tonight. I've used this several times. Two fish, five loaves of bread, right? And so they say, God, we don't have enough. And we're going to go into this in depth in a moment. We don't have enough to feed these thousands of people. And Jesus says, no, you do. You do. Because you're manifesting the kingdom. And one of the attributes of heaven is that we lack nothing. In heaven, nothing is missing, nothing is broken, nothing is lacking, all is well. So to say you're lacking something is to not be cognizant of what you have access to. So when they say we don't have enough, he says go back and count again. Because two fish, that is the number of witness. Five is the number of grace, the number of supernatural, the number of the miraculous. Which means in your hands with those two fish and those five loaves of bread, you're about to witness a miracle. In other words, you need to go count again. And for some of you watching me tonight, some of you in the building tonight, you are looking at areas of your life and you feel like, well, something's missing. No, it's not, baby. Go and count again. Well, Bishop, something is lacking. No, it's not. I need you to go count again. Could it be that, watch me, your increase is in your release. So, yes, you don't have enough harvest, but you have plenty of seed. Who am I talking to? The woman, the woman went to Elisha, the man of God, in, in 2 Kings, and she said, the creditor's about to take my sons. We do not have enough money. What did she say? Something is lacking. We don't have enough money. They're about to take my sons. And you know what Elisha says? What you want me to do? In other words, listen, this is your problem, and you need to meet God for yourself in the midst of your problem. Can I, can I help some of y'all tonight? Be grateful that nobody helped you the way that you wanted them to because it allowed you to meet God in a way you never. Be grateful that they didn't give you the money because it made you get on your knees and pray. Be grateful that they did not help you because it introduced you to God in a whole nother way. He says to her, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Uh, he says, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Tell me what you got in your house. What do you have in your house? He says, well, watch me. Look what she says. Well, all I have, I thought something was lacking. Father, I pray that we focus on what we have and realize that what we have is more than enough to get what we need. 
Say, I am shalom. Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. Nothing is lacking. All is well. All is well. So what happens? He says, tell me what you have in your house. Well, all I have is a little oil. And a few vessels. That's all you got? He says, let me tell you what you do. Go to your neighbors and borrow some vessels. How many vessels? Borrow as many as you can. Borrow some vessels and bring them in your house. Okay. All right. Bring the vessels in your house. Now what am I supposed to do? Pour. See, some of you, you feel like you're lacking because you have been in survival mode for so long that you're so scared to release because when you get anything, you hold on to it like you're never going to have any more. But you are not in survival mode. In fact, this second half will be your record-breaking half. This second half, you will outdo what you did in the first half. Please do not just sit there when I'm prophesying to you. Can I get you to say, yes, Lord, I receive it. I so she poured, and she poured, and she poured. And the Bible, the Bible says, as she kept pouring, oil filled up all of the vessels. You know what she did? She came to the man of God. And she said, man of God, I got all this oil. What am I supposed to do with it? Look what he told her. Go start your business. What am I supposed to do? Go sell that oil? In other words, I'm going to teach you how to make sure you never lack again. You are shalom, which means as long as you got seed, you always got harvest. I need some of y'all to hear me. Stop accusing God of not providing. He gave you everything you needed when he gave you seed. Because as long as I got a seed in my hand, and can I be honest, it's bigger than money. Anything that I can pour is a seed. For some of you, you need to pour friendliness. You need to pour being nice to somebody else. You need to pour helping somebody else build their thing. Shalom. Nothing is missing, nothing is broken, nothing is lacking, all is well. Right? All right? Righteousness, peace, and joy, which means glad and great. I'm just reviewing where we've already been. So number one, it's heaven's attributes in the earth. Number two, it is God's MO. That's God's modus operandi. That is how God does what he does. And we've learned that his ways are not our ways, his thoughts and not our thoughts. God subtracts to add, he divides to multiply. God cuts away so that he can add. God stops talking when you got people around you, he doesn't want them to hear what he's saying. <laughs> Does it make sense to you? Because you think he's supposed to be loud, but he's not. <laughs> Bishop, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Let's, let's just back that up and slow that down. Let me back that down. All right, here it is. Abraham. Abraham did something. I'm going to get you now. You ready? I'm coming down your row. You ready? Abraham, the Lord tells Abraham, he says, Get out of your father's house to a land I'm going to show you. Now, his, father, his father's name was Terah, T-E-R-A-H. His father had died. His father had died. And um, Haran, which was his brother, had a son. The son's name was Lot. So this Lot was Abram's nephew. Lot was Abram's nephew. Y'all still got it. All right, here we go. <clears throat> so Abram, thinking he was supposed to be a good uncle and be a good family member, he takes Lot with him when he leaves Haran. Haran means dry and parched. He cared so much for Lot, he said, I can't leave and not take my family with me. And for some of you, your struggle is you keep trying to take people with you who don't want to go where you're going. 
That's why it's always a fight and a struggle because you're talking about, come on, let's plan and all they want to do is party and play. You're talking about, come on, let's pray and all they want to do is sit around and play video. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You need to be surrounded with some people that are headed in the same direction that you are headed. So he takes, so he takes, he takes Lot with him and Lot goes with him and Lot starts doing good. So in this, in this, I'm going to be Abram, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be Lot. She's going to be a little shorter though because I'm the uncle. All right, all right, all right, that's good, that's good, that's good. Thank you. Watch me. Lot starts doing good, pay attention, because of who he was connected to. And Lot started smelling himself because Lot thought that the reason he was doing good was because of him, but the blessing wasn't on him. The blessing was on Abram. And you're so blessed that some people got it twisted and thought that the reason they were doing well was because of them. They your company doesn't even realize it's doing so well because you worked there. I, your department is doing so good because you're there. Your friends are doing so well because you're there. The blessing was on Abram. It was not on Lot. That doesn't mean that God didn't love Lot. It just means that God didn't bless Lot. Lot's name in Hebrew means hidden motives. Watch it. Abram brought hidden motives. As he's on his journey, because he says, I want to be good to my kinfolk. I want to be good to my family. Blood is thicker than water. That ain't in the Bible. And so what? <laughs> it's colder at night than the day. I mean, you see, <laughs> people be saying stuff like, ooh, what's the point? So what? All right, watch me. He takes Lot with him. He has hidden motives. So here's what happens. Lot starts doing good. And Lot starts getting possessions. He starts building because he studies Abram. And he tries to reproduce what he sees Abram do. But he doesn't realize you can't just follow some steps to do what I do. You need a grace to do what I do. See, some people look at you and they think all they have to do is just imitate you. What they don't understand is you can't just imitate me. Baby, you need a grace to do it. You make it look easy. You make being a single mama look easy. You make being a single father look easy. You make going through what you've gone through look easy. Elbow somebody say, you make it look easy. So consequently, everybody thinks they can do it because they see you do it. So what ends up happening? What ends up happening? He takes him with him. So he starts getting stuff. So his servants, his servants, they start squabbling. They start fighting with Abram's servants. And Abram says, hey, listen, we're not going to have no, we ain't going to fight over stuff. Here's what he really wants to say. Especially since what you have, I made you. Especially since all of what you got, I taught you how to get. But watch me. God's been so good to me. I don't need to fight over what you have. Watch me. I release you. For some of y'all, the second half of this year, you need to release some people. Why? I release you from the expectation you're going to be loyal. I release you from the expectation you're going to be a good friend to me like I've been to you. I release you. I, I need you to open up your mouth and say, release, release, release. So, so he says, I love you, nephew. I love you, nephew. But I release you. Because you want to fight with me about stuff. 
when you didn't have nothing when we left. And the servants that are fight with my servants, I gave them to you. So when Lot's gone, because here's what I didn't tell you. When, when, <laughs> when Lot was around, if you read your Bible in Genesis 13, God stopped speaking. God says, I have nothing to say to you. And the reason I don't want to talk to you, Abram, is because everything I tell you, you tell him. And you tell him because you think his motives are the same as yours. You think that he wants to see you win. I pray that God will reveal the motives of the people around you. In the second half, I rebuke you getting played again. I rebuke you getting tricked and hoodwinked and bamboozled again. This will not be a repeat of what has already occurred. I pray God send you some people that are loyal, some people that will support you, some people that love you enough to check you when you're wrong, some people that will speak life into you, some people that will pray with you, some people that will pray for you. So when Lot leaves, watch me, so when Lot leaves, all of a sudden the Bible says, and the Lord said. Because God says, I'm not talking when he's there. Now, Bishop, where are you at? We're talking about the kingdom. So God's MO. So here it is. God's MO was to be silent when there was a sucker around. Come on, I thought this was Wednesday. His MO is I have nothing to say until you, watch me, Lot, why, uh, Abram, why are you so dependent on Lot? Why do you have a loyalty to him? He wouldn't cross the street for you, but you would. Lot, could it be that you have more faith in him than you do in me? Because watch me, your next test is going to be bigger than releasing Lot. Your next test is going to, you have to release, you're going to have to release your son. So if you can't learn to release him, you're going to be too attached. God's M.O. Number three, becoming who God says we are, possessing what God says we can. Say, I'm becoming. All right, so you are not what you were, but you're not fully what you're becoming. You're in between. And whenever you're in between, you can feel, anybody have had this feeling like you don't know who you are anymore? Let me help you out. Good. That's the whole idea. If you can still identify you, you ain't changing fast enough. What do you mean? You need to be able to look at yourself and say, wow, I have God. Because had this happened a year ago, I would have snapped. But I've been changing. Uh-oh. Elbow somebody say, you've been changing. You've been changing. You've been changing. Your worship isn't even the same. You got a fire about you. When you pray, your prayer isn't even the same. When you pray now, you'll pray for long periods of time you're becoming I'm not what I was I'm not what I'm becoming I'm in between and I may not be where I want to be but I thank God that I'm not where I used to be say I'm becoming 
And when you become, it determines what you can possess. God does not trust great possessions with people who do not understand possessions have purpose. What, what, what people say, I just, I want, a million, I want to be a millionaire. For what? To floss? Floss is an urban colloquialism that simply means to demonstrate one's value and worth in front of other people in public displays of grandeur. Like, like I want to be married. For what? To show your ex you moved on? It, it shocked you how many people got married to make somebody else jealous. That's why they're always about the pose. They're always about how do we look in front of people. All right. I pray that's not your case. I pray that's not your situation. Right? For what? Possessions have purpose. We're blessed to be a blessing. So you become so you can possess so you can bless. You become so you can possess so you can bless. Come on, Wednesday. You become so you can possess so you can bless. But if you don't understand that you're blessed to be a blessing, you will collect a bunch of stuff. And you'll reduce God to cash, cars, and clothes. Not realizing God says, I want you to be a blessing to other people. A pastor today told me about a situation. He had an opportunity to do something, and in this opportunity he had to do something, he was telling me about an area where he had a need. I said, what is it that you need? He said, I need that. I said, uh-uh. I said, hold on. I went. I snapped him a thing. I said, I just took care of that need for you. Now, I'm not saying that. I'm only saying that to say I recognize I became and am becoming so I can possess, so I can bless. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm becoming so I can possess, so I can bless. That's why. This is not a just about look at me, look at me, look at me. No, it's about look at the God in me. Bishop, why did you just pause right there in the middle of your message? Because I just saw one of y'all pay your house off. Don't play with me Wednesday, 1 Samuel 3.19. And the Lord was with the man of God and did not let one of his words fall to the ground. While I was standing there, I saw somebody walk up to the counter with a cashier's check. Can I let you know, you're in this building. You better give God glory that somebody's about to be totally out of debt. Come on, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Guys, whenever I break and have those moments where I prophesy, yeah, I jump into that. For those of you like, what is prophecy? What is that? That's new to me. It's the foretell and foretell. So my job is not to just preach a sermon. We don't call them sermons. We call them life-giving messages. My job, when I take this microphone, when I'm on live, whatever I'm doing, my job is to, watch me, is to be God's conduit to you. So that means if in the middle of the message he wants to announce that somebody's going to be paying their house off. That means we interrupt the regularly scheduled message. Because if he's doing it for one of us, he's... Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. 
I become so I can possess, so I can bless. Now, that's the kingdom. Heaven's attributes in the earth, God's MO, becoming who God says we are, possessing what God says we can. Now, let's go further. Uh, Sunday, we ended here with how the kingdom is sought. The kingdom is sought, number one, is number one priority. Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Jesus didn't say seek him. He said seek the kingdom. Okay? So if you grew up in church, you say, oh, just go after God. Just seek Jesus, bro. It's not Bible. It's not. It sounds great, but that's an Americanized, bastardized version of Christianity. Jesus never said to seek him. Jesus said, seek what's important to me. Because if you seek what's important to me, I'll know you love me. Proof, Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Do what I said. So he's more impressed with obedience than he is a shout. Both of them are necessary, but the obedience is impressive. Elbow somebody say, you look obedient. You look obedient, right? That's why that second half is going to be better than their first half. Why? I obeyed even when it was difficult. I obeyed even when it was a challenge. It must be sought as number one priority. Next, it must be sought in prayer. We, we looked at when Jesus prayed. He was teaching his disciples to pray. And he said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's sought through prayer, which means the reason I make prayer a priority in my life is because I can't get in me. Because where's the kingdom? In you. I can't get in me if I don't connect directly to the source. That's why prayer is so important. And when do we pray? Listen, we, can, we pray corporately on Monday nights, but we pray all the time. Matter of fact, let me let you in on something. If you pray all the time, you won't lose your mind. In Luke, the Bible says men ought to always pray and not lose heart. Heart in scripture isn't this heart that beats. Heart in scripture is this mind that thinks. Check it out. In the Old Testament is the word leb, L-E-B, which means a man's mind. In the New Testament, it's the word cardia, K-A-R-D-I-A, which means the seat of a man's decision making. So check it out. Whenever we're talking about our heart, I'm not talking about the one that beats blood. I'm talking about the heart that thinks and makes decisions. So if I pray all the time, then I won't lose my mind because men ought to always pray and not lose heart, which means let me tell you how it is that you didn't lose your mind and what tried to get you to the edge is because when you pray, see, listen, you didn't even realize that you only said a few words. It wasn't that deep. You didn't say Hebrew, you didn't say Greek, you didn't speak in tongues. All you said was, Lord, I need you now. And the moment you opened your mouth and prayed, God says, I'm going to keep you from losing your mind. It's sought in prayer. All right, next, the kingdom is sought after pressure. We looked at Acts 14, 22, which says that through many tribulations, you enter the kingdom of God. Right? And so where's the kingdom at? In you, which means something around you pushes you to make you finally dig in you. It's the law of motion. An object at rest remains at rest until it's acted upon by an external force. Say, I needed a push. I need you to say like you're grateful. Say, say I needed a push. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, just, I, just, I just need you to not even be mad about who pushed you, about how they pushed you about why they push you just say I needed a push 
Say, because you pushed me into purpose. Let's go. It's sought after pressure. And then the kingdom is sought from a child's perspective. Now, it's not being childish. It's being childlike. And we learned this on Sunday. Mark 10, 15. I promise you, I love how Jesus speaks. Like, come on now. He's like, I promise you. Can you, I can see him smacking his hands, like, and not just smacking his hands, like, you got to move when you do it, like, I, I know he was from South Memphis. I know he was. I know he was. <laughs> I'm just joking. He says, I promise you, you cannot get into God's kingdom. Stop. For many of you, you thought this was talking about dying and going to heaven. It's not. No, the kingdom is here, the kingdom is now, and the kingdom is in you. Right? You cannot get into God's kingdom. Where's that at? In you. You can't get into you to access heaven's attributes, to access God's modus operandi, and to access who God said you are and what God said you can possess unless you do it the way a child does. And we learn this. A child is what? Naturally inquisitive. A child asks a million questions. A child will ask questions that are bold. I posted this thing yesterday on social media. And this father, this father, his father walked. <laughs> he, he, walked into the, he walked into his daughter's bedroom and he says, give me one good reason. I said, put this belt on you. And she said, because I'm going to tell mama you was talking to that lady down the street. He said, that's a good reason, baby. That's a good reason. Let's go get some ice cream. A child will say stuff to you that will make you say, and especially to this new age child. Look, they don't eat Lunchables. They want sushi. Y'all ain't talking. They don't want peanut butter and jelly. They want steak dinner. And y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Is that gluten? I don't want that. But gluten, baby, you better eat this. <laughs> uh oh. All right, so watch, so watch. So, a child is naturally inquisitive. They will ask questions. And the Bible says, you have not because you what? Ask not. So, whatever you don't possess is because of the question you were afraid to ask. Say, Lord, take my fear to ask. Come on, say it with some authority. Say, Lord, take my fear to ask questions and restore my inquisitiveness. A child is without fear. A child has no fear. The only fear a child has is the fear it's taught. Let me prove it to you. A child can walk up, hit their head on this table, and think everything's fine until mama runs over there. Let me help some of you mamas because you got to stop coddling these children. Until you, oh my God, are you okay? I guess I'm supposed to holler right here. Ah! Y'all know I'm telling the truth. They won't say nothing until you make a scene. And for some of you, you got to be careful that you don't create a monster that's going to eat you when you get older. What do you mean? <laughs> that's another message for another day. A child is without fear. A child will walk out. They don't care nothing about no cars crossing the street. My ball is over there. I'm watch me. 
I don't care about what's in the way. I don't have fear that you have. You're afraid of something getting in your way, but as far as I'm concerned, it needs to be afraid of me because I'm going to get what's mine. What would happen if you took that approach to your life? Baby, I'm walking and I'm not worried about what may get in my way. I'm going to get what's mine. A child has no fear. And then a child is not miseducated. We dealt with this with the miseducated Christian. What is miseducation? See, just because one has been educated does not mean it's proper, does not mean it's right, does not mean it's appropriate. You can be taught wrong, although you were taught. And practice makes perfect, even if it's perfectly wrong. If you rehearse it wrong, you're going to sing it wrong, even though you practice it perfect. So watch me. Uh, miseducation means poor education, less than. Wrong education means it's not correct at all. And harmful education means it actually creates a self-sabotaging individual because what they've been given is now harmful to them and it's harmful to others. So look at this, John 8, 32. And you will know the truth. Say his truth. And the truth will set you free. Now, now, now. Look at verse 33. And they answered him and said, we are the offspring of Abraham. We have never, ever been enslaved to anyone. So how is it you say we will become free? And I left you with this question. This is where we ended on Sunday. What are you enslaved to and do not know it? Watch me in your mind. Where have you been miseducated in your mind that has made you a slave to a thought? I can't do that. Why? That's good. That's great timing. <laughs> I can't forgive them. Why? I can't trust. Why? I can't go to church. Why? I, I can't serve. Why? I, what is it that the enemy allowed you to be miseducated with? And now he no longer needs a cell, chains, nor cuffs. Because he has your mind. So you won't reach for the position because you say you're unqualified. Well, why ask him to be a miracle worker if all you want is natural results? If he's a supernatural God that does supernatural things, then why are you, watch me, why do you pray big but act small? Like, why do you, you will come in here and father in the name of Jesus and I call it down right now in the name of Jesus and I declare my second half going to be better than my first half and I call in resources and I call in funds and then we ask you on, on, on Thursday, well, did you call anybody to get the resources and the funds? Mm -mm. What you waiting on? Why believe he's all powerful but act powerless? It's quiet in here tonight. Come on, but I need you to just make this declaration and say, I shall and I am free tonight because I know his truth. 
Father, I come against every form of miseducation that has been given to us in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Miseducation through the educational system. Miseducation through our families. Miseducation through friends. Miseducation through social media. Any source, God, we come against it tonight and we shut it down. We release it tonight, God. Stir our thoughts, stir our thinking so that we would not walk in the way of the one that's miseducated. But God, that we would walk in the one that knows your truth and your truth makes us free and your truth sets us free. If you know that freedom starts for you in this second half, can you open your mouth and release a praise right there? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to open your mouth and shout, I'm free. Look over at somebody and say, you're free. And just scan your section and say, we're free. Come on, Facebook, type, we're free. Come on, YouTube. Where did I get free at? In here. And if I get free in here, then that means I'm free everywhere. So look, so can I go further? His cross and your cross equal freedom. His cross, he's, he's born that. What's your cross? You ready? What you do daily. So you come here, you, you log on there, you get the podcast, you do all that. Not just to say, ooh, that was good. Say it, sir. And then some of y'all do the hip rock, you know. Rock your hips, wave and sip. Listen. <laughs> Watch. But when I leave here, then the cross I pick up is that I have to put the truth I learn into action. Christians are amazing at saying, ooh we." Say it, Bishop. But I need you to do that same thing when the enemy tries to mess with you on Thursday. I need you to just rock at the enemy and say, wait a minute. You ain't gonna get me today, sucker. You ain't gonna get me today, Mark. Why? Because I'm manifesting the kingdom. I know a truth, and that truth makes me free. I want to push this a little bit further. Say, like a child. Look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Sometimes the greatest obstacle to you is on the screen. Come on, let's go. Is you. Sometimes your greatest enemy is your inner me. Because you'll stop before you ever start. You'll defeat yourself. Come on, let's be honest. How many of us have ever done that? My hands are up. My feet are up. My elbows are up. My neck is up. You will literally, some, can, can we be honest? Let's have some real talk. Come on, let's, let's just sit and talk. Come on, come on, come on. Just me and you. Let's have some real talk. You will be tired from thinking about what you're not going to do. spend all day thinking about stuff you're not going to do. Okay, y'all don't want to be honest with me. Okay. 
So, so what did Jesus say? We have to be childlike to bring this kingdom out. So I want to introduce a new one to you. A child is naturally creative. We about to go now. We about to go all the way up. Say naturally creative. So a child, they have their toys. I had them bring me some toys. Um, we got a train. We got a that. Was that a crane? We have a worm. We got a little car. We got some Hot Wheels. Come on, come on, Hot Wheels. We got a dump truck. You got a whole construction site. Listen, we got a business right here. <laughs> Harvest Construction. We're hiring tomorrow. Listen, let's go. <laughs> Look, everything you need. Look, we got a dinosaur. We got a couple of them. Or armadillo or something. Look like a dinosaur. A lot of cars. Now look, now look, now, now here's what's crazy, is that, listen, who remembers playing with actual toys? Let's just be honest, our kids today, what you want me to do with that? <laughs> Here we go, all right, watch this. A child will create a whole, I, I want to tell y'all a story, but I need y'all Y'all can't laugh at me. Mm -mm, mm -mm. This whole section is like, I ain't going to even promise that, Bishop, because if it's funny, I'm laughing. I, I don't even want to lie in church. So I remember one time when I was a kid, one time when I was a kid, I went to a doctor's appointment with a relative. And when I went to the doctor's appointment, I was out in the lobby playing with the toys. And they had a whole little toy thing. And I, and I was playing with the toys and all of that. And I like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And, and in particular, I always liked the villain. I liked Shredder, because his tools were cooler. He had that thing that dipped in the, in the earth, then they had the Technodrome, then you had Crane, the brain that would talk. I was like, where else do brains talk? <laughs> See, I already feel judged. Let's get back to the Bible. I already feel judgment. So I was sitting there, I was just playing with the little toy. Now, one of the nurses at the front desk said a word. The word seemed to me to have something to do with my toys. Because I had created a whole world with my toys. I was making sounds. I mean, I had a whole situation. It was just me. You'll catch it in a minute. I didn't need anybody else because I had learned to be so creative. You're going to get it. You're going to get it in just a second. Say, Lord, stir up my creativity. Because some of you watch me, you're not creative, which is why you don't see the kingdom manifest. You're so stuck in how he used to move, so rigid in how you think it's got to be. And God says, I want to do something creative in your life. So look, so I heard one of the nurses say intercourse. To me, to me, it was inter. The court. See, this is. Come on, let me just take you back in the spirit. Lift your hands and voice. Okay, okay. Take you back here. So to me, I thought inter meant. In, so I was like, so I was like, boom. This intercourse is going into this intercourse. Intercourse is going in. 
And they started laughing at me at the front desk. And I'm like, this is really fun because I'm entertaining everyone in here. It's a, it's a great crowd. I'll be here all week. Really judgmental in this room tonight. <laughs> so the relative came out and I was just like, like, like I was like, you want to play this intercourse? said, what are you saying? I said, I'm playing toys. And just because you're not creative doesn't mean you're going to shut my creativity down. There's a point behind the story. <laughs> Needless to say, I figured out what that word meant. All right. So, 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 so watch me, watch me. Even though I didn't know how it worked or what it was, I need y'all to be spiritual. Everybody look at, matter of fact, let's go back in the spirit. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Go, lift your hands and worship God for three seconds. Go, go, three, go. Two, one, hallelujah. And some of y'all, you got all off right there. The devil was trying to mess with you right there. Let me get you back over to the Lord. Uh-uh, no. You know I, I, I love you. Listen, listen, I was, play, I was playing with all those toys. I was playing with all those toys. And as I was playing with all those toys, Watch me. I was creative. I didn't know what I was saying, but I didn't let, watch me, what I didn't know. You get it. I didn't let what I didn't know stop me from being creative. Catch the point. See, this was the bucket that the toys were in, but a child will take that bucket. We got helmets now. Uh-uh, some of y'all are missing it. Could it be that you say you don't have what you need, but that's because you don't know how what you have can be used? Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Could it be that you keep saying, I don't have what I need, but baby, this ain't just a bucket. Watch me. This is something. Somebody say, I gotta be creative with what I have. You've, everybody look at me, your failures have robbed you of your creativity. You ready? Let's go here. Your insecurities have robbed you of your creativity. Here it is. Your fear of being embarrassed because you might be not saying what you ought to be saying has robbed you of your creativity. And God's creative. Here it is, last set of scriptures and we out. Luke 9, 11. When the crowds learned it, they followed him and welcomed him and he spoke to them of the kingdom of God. Pay close attention to the sequence of events. Jesus is teaching about the what? The kingdom. And he cured those who had need of healing. So wherever the kingdom is preached, healing follows. 
have you noticed as we've been in this Kingdom in You series how every experience has been at another level? Have you noticed how the testimonies are intensifying? Why? Because whenever the kingdom is preached, healing always automatically manifests. It's right there in the Bible. Let's go. So, so look at this. So he's preaching about the kingdom, and he cured those who had need of healing. Verse 12. Now the day began to wear away. It was getting late. And the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and the countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. Stop. We have a whole problem with this whole situation. Who's the leader? Jesus. What did his 12 staff members come tell him? You send them away. We got a whole problem. Because watch me. Watch me. You can get so bogged down and overwhelmed by the gravity of your situation and the profundity of your precarious predicament. Translation. Your situation is a mess. That you get out of order. How you gonna tell Jesus, send these people away because it's getting late and, and, and they need to go get a hotel room and something to eat. They can do a hotel, a motel, or a holiday here, but they can't stay out here. For we are here in this desolate place. Everybody watch me. You have to be careful that when you get into tight spots, I'm almost done, that when you get into tight spots, that you do not allow that spot to get you out of order. Because you'll be talking to the wrong one the wrong way and not get the right results. Here's essentially what they were saying. Jesus, this is not the time, nor is this the place. Like, send them away. We don't have any food for them. We don't have anywhere for them to stay. We, we, please send them away. And they don't even say please. They say send them away. Some of you, you ready? Lord, get me out of this. Who are you talking to? It's quiet in this building. Come on, y'all. Y'all help me. I only need five more minutes of your help. Let's go. You ready? Lord, I'm sick of this. Who are you talking to? Lord, I'm tired of this. Who are you talking to? Could it be that you have made him so common that you think you can command him? It's quiet in Denver tonight, but now, see, y'all shouldn't have got quiet because now you're going to make Thug Bishop come out. Now we're going to preach hard. Lay your hands to yourself. Say, Father, forgive me for coming at you incorrect. You are my God. You are my father. You are my Lord. Forgive me for getting out of order. So we look at what they say and we say, how in the world could they say this to him? But you and I have said it all the time. Lord, I need a miracle in 24 hours. Who are you talking to? Lord, do something about these kids. Who are you talking to? Lord, do something about my spouse. Who are you talking to? Look at your neighbor and say, who are you talking to? When you come incorrect, he has to deflect. So watch what he does. Look at what he does next. Look at what he does next. We're almost done. Y'all still with me? All right, let's go. Verse 13. You give them something to eat. In other words, you're telling me you don't have what you need, and I'm telling you you have what you need. You give them something to eat. They said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. In other words, we weren't prepared for this. We weren't prepared for this. 
We weren't prepared for this. We weren't prepared to be doing this by ourselves. We weren't prepared that, the, that this person was not going to do their part. We weren't prepared to go through the pandemic. Come on. We weren't prepared for whatever it is. We were not prepared for this. Unless you want us to go and buy some food for all these people. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. See, I wanted to bring it from Luke because Luke gives you details the other ones don't. Because Luke was a doctor and doctors always pay attention to details that other people don't. See, a doctor will pay attention to your vein structure and they're looking at your arms. You're like, why are you staying at my arms? Because the doctor's looking at details to determine whether or not you're going to be able to receive an injection or have blood extracted. They pay attention to details others don't. So Luke records something that the others don't. Luke says, do you want us to go buy food for all these people? Everybody watch me. They had money but lacked creativity. Some of y'all, watch me, you got plenty of money, you just don't know what to do with it. Do you want us to go buy food? Which means we got it. But do you want us to take a trip? You want to inconvenience us. To go buy some food for these people. It's simpler, God, if you inconvenience the crowd. But I thought you were blessed to be a blessing. I thought you were supposed to manifest the kingdom. I thought you were supposed to be the one that's going to be the curse breaker, the history maker, the line crosser. Open your mouth and say, I'm the one. Well, why pray to be the one? And when he makes you the one, you don't want to be the one. Come on, I got to move. What did they have? Two fish, five loaves. Look at verse 14. For there were about 5,000 men plus women and children. And he said to his disciples, let me tell y'all what y'all problem is. He said, uh, if to receive this kingdom, you have to receive it like a child. And, and y'all are acting childish. You're acting immature. So let me tell you, let me tell you what you need to do. Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. I'm about to show you how to get creative. Because for some of you, watch me, God has not changed your situation. And you want to hear why? He's not going to until you get creative. You've been praying for months and nothing has moved. And God says, I'm not moving it until you get creative. Because you're finally about to learn how to manifest the kingdom. If I keep getting you out, if I keep bailing you out, if I keep rescuing you, you will never learn how to manifest. And I need some people who are ready to I need to check this room because I'm almost done. I need to check online. Is there anybody that in the second half, you are ready to manifest the kingdom? I Come on, Wednesday, lift up your voice. Say, I'll manifest. Say it again, I'll manifest. So watch. God says, I'm not going to fix this problem. You're going to get creative because I told you to feed them. And you're not going to have me out here looking bad because the people came to the miracle service and they got nothing to eat. So watch. So he says, organize it. Somebody say, organize it. He says, it seems overwhelming because you're disorganized. It seems like it's too much for you because you are trying to do it on the back of a napkin. Baby, you're doing seven-figure deals. You can't do that on the back of a napkin. All right? I need to stir your faith. You, you watch me. You're not about to have debt. I can't have you doing that on the back of a piece of toilet paper. You're about to walk into the greatest miracle of your life. That can't be some... Say, organize it. 
He says, this is your problem. It seems overwhelming because it's not organized. Organize it. This is so practical. This looks like a mess. But that's because it's disorganized. Organize it. Organize it how, like, I would do it. Mm-mm. 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 No, lay it all out, though. I need to see everything. There you go. Because watch me. Because, see, that's what most people want to do. Let me put all my problems together. I just want to sleep. I just want to eat. I just want to shout in church. But I don't ever want to unpack my stuff. But that's not who you are. You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You're the curse breaker in your bloodline. You're the line crosser, the boundary breaker in your bloodline. So I'm going to need you to unpack this. And I need you to organize it. Organize it all on the table. I'll use the checker set some other time. I didn't get to it. Organize it. Trust me. While he's organizing, y'all watch me. While he's doing that, what you going to do? Let's go. Verse 15. And they did so. They had them all sit down. Why did they need to have them sit down? So they could get above it. See, if you're in it, you're not going to see how to fix it. So, so watch me. Sometimes you need to learn, watch me, how to pull away just for a moment to get high enough to see it. For some of you, watch me, when you get frustrated on your job, rather than sitting there and slapping the table and cussing your employees out, and I know they make you want to do it, please understand. I'm rather than doing all of that, watch me, what I need you to do is I need you to say, uh-uh. Click, I'll be right back. So, Father, there's something I need to get out of this. So, Lord, I need to get above this. So, Lord, I, I'm looking too low to solve this problem, so I need to get above. There's something I'm missing, so I need to get above this. I need to organize it, then I need to do what? I need to get above it. Let's go, because I'm running out of time. Verse 16. And taking the five loaves of bread and the two fish, look, use what you have and get creative. What did he take? Two loaves of bread, or excuse me, two fish and five loaves of bread. That's all they had. You're missing it. You're missing it. Here's what you say, Lord, I'm waiting. And God says, I'm not giving anymore. To you, use that. Use that. Run that. Run that. I just need you to elbow somebody and you say, run that. Wrong neighbor, because the right neighbor would have put a praise on the end of you telling them that. Elbow somebody else, say, run that. Run that. What you going to do? Say. What you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? All right. Look. Look. And taking the five loaves, five is the number of grace, number of favor, number of supernatural, number of miraculous. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. And that's a challenge there. That's a challenge. What is that? No, a worm. Is that a spider in there? You don't need that. All right. You don't need that. You don't need that. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
He looked up to heaven. Everybody stay with me. Look, what did he do? He looked up. Everybody look at me. You looking on YouTube. You looking at your family. You looking to your friends. And that's not to say that wisdom is not in the multitude of counsel, but you have to ask counsel that has wisdom. How you asking curse people how to be blessed? How are you asking fruitless people how to have fruit? How are you asking know-nothings how to know something? So what did Jesus do? He took it. He took those two fish and those five Papa Do's loaves. Because that bread will last. Come on. He looked up to heaven. Why does the Bible take the time to say he looked up? Because he didn't focus on the challenge. He focused on being creative. And what does he do? He says a blessing over them. Then he broke them. Look at this next part. I'm almost done. And gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. Mm -mm, you missed it. He took what they had. Won't catch it. He blessed it first. And once he blessed it, God's MO, then he broke it. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? That before he ever broke you, he blessed you. And the broken pieces that you've still got, God says that's more than enough to get the job done. I, I just wonder if there's anybody in this building or anybody online where you've had some areas of your life broken. You've had some dreams broken. You've had some expectations broken. And God says, I bless you before I ever broke you. Then he gave it to his disciples. Pay attention to me. He gave them broken pieces. I will throw this microphone like, what did he give them? Broken pieces. Y'all ain't getting it. Not one of them got a whole loaf. And you sitting up here mad, well, look at what so-and-so got. God's about to use you to make an example. You didn't get a good hand, but you about to take the hand you were given. And you about to play that thing well. I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm going to play it well. I'll play it well. I'll play it well. I'll play it well. So, broken pieces. Not one of them gets a whole loaf. Every single one of them gets broken pieces. No, not one of them gets, let's use this since I ain't been able to use it. Not one of them, hold it for me. Not one of them, gracias. I'm still on disc two for those who want to know. I've been busy. <laughs> I've been productive. Huh? <laughs> right. Not one of them. Let me have 12, 12, 12, 12, 12. Not, not, not one of them. See, here's what you want. You want the whole plate. You want the whole plate. You want the whole plate. And God says, uh-uh, get you a piece. Uh-uh, no, see, see, see. When you don't get the whole plate, watch me, you get inconsistent. Uh-huh, no, just get you a piece, uh-huh, get you a piece, move down, get you a piece, move down, get you a piece, move down, uh-huh, uh-huh, four, y'all count about when we five, six, come on, seven, uh-huh, eight, uh-huh, nine, uh-huh, ten, uh-huh, eleven, uh-huh, twelve. He's, he gives them twelve broken pieces and says, now, 
you feed them. He says, I'm not even going to give it to them because I need to teach you how to manifest the kingdom. So I need to teach you how to be creative. So watch what's about to happen. They're about to see a miracle. You're about to see a miracle. And you're going to do it with a broken piece. Uh-uh. I, I just need to make sure we get this Wednesday because I don't need you to walk out of here not understanding it. Which means whatever you have in your hand now, that's all you need. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Whatever you have in your hands now, that's all you need. Whatever knowledge you have now, I need you to stop saying I'm uneducated. Baby, what you have now is what you need. Can I get you to worship God for five seconds that what you have now, five, is what you need. Four, three, hallelujah, two, one, hallelujah. So watch, look, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. Look, verse 17, and they all ate. They ate, they ate, everybody ate. Watch me. And they just didn't get no little appetizer. You ever gone somewhere and they had hors d'oeuvres? And you were like, where the food at? I, I didn't come for snacks. We were at the governor's mansion, uh, was it last year, for a, um, Dr. King Black um, History Month celebration. And, um, yeah, you know, uh, so they wanted to have culturally appropriate food. And so they had greens and cornbread and stuff like that and all of that. And they had these little plates. And so they was like, oh, this looks good. I said, this looks amazing. They had these little plates, and they had a mean usher serving the food. I said, well, I said, well, baby, it's 5.59. I got one more minute to eat. So you're going to need to make me about five of these little mini plates that you're making. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with a fork full of greens? I, I don't. Look at the Bible. All right, let's go. I got to go. They all ate, watch me, and were satisfied. Could it be that since you've not been creative with the broken pieces you have, you're missing the satisfaction that you could have, wishing that you had this? Because you're wishing you had this, you're missing the satisfaction of that. Father, I pray that we would not miss the satisfaction of the pieces that you have given us because the pieces that you have given us are more than enough. Look, and what was left over was picked up. No, no, it was picked up. Which, no, no, picked up. Let me get that belt off for you. It was picked up. It was picked up. Which means you told me there wasn't enough. Not only was there enough, but here we are picking up what you still got. In other words, by the end of the second half of this year, not only will you be satisfied, but you will have more than I need you to open up your mouth, say more than enough. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about peace. I'm talking about peace of mind. I'm talking, can I get you to give God glory that you'll have more? 
Look, everybody stand. We're done. Thank you all. Everybody stand. We're done. Get your communion in your hands. Everybody stand with me. Everybody stand with me. Everybody stand with me. We were done. Get your communion in your hands. Everybody stand with me. Now, at home, get your at-home communion with you. Bishop, how do you get it? You can get it on our online store. We're done. Matter of fact, you can go ahead and peel the first layer back. I'm going to get you ready. Now, don't drop your bread. Ephesians 6.12. For we do not wrestle, thank you, against flesh and blood but against principalities. If I look, look on the screen. Your wrestling match is with you. Because this whole time they're going through this, they told them we don't have enough. This isn't going to work. This is not going to happen. It's not going to happen for me. Nothing good, nothing good ever happens. Every little piece of ground I get, I got to fight for can I tell some of you, watch me, the only fight you've been having is with you. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Watch me. That means chaos that you rehearse. I rebuke your rehearsal of negative. I rebuke your rehearsal of chaotic. I rebuke your rehearsal of doubt. I rebuke your rehearsal of fear. Look at the screen. Against powers. Powers there in Greek. All these are Greek translations in our New Testament. Against your freedoms. What did they say to God? Let, you want us to go walk and buy food? Listen, you've, lacked, you've lost your creativity. So you think the only way to get it done is to go buy groceries for 5,000 men and plus women and children. In other words, your freedom to make it happen yourself has made you stop believing in God. You believe in an algorithm instead of an alpha and omega. Look, against rulers, that means independence from God. Of the darkness, look at this. That means shady. Obscurity, what's unknown, what's unimportant, what's unclear. Of this age, here's what I want to get. Against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. Wickedness there means iniquities. Everybody look at me. Iniquity, three types of sin in the Bible. Sin, which means to miss the mark. Transgression, which means to willfully deviate from what you know to be the truth. And iniquity. Iniquity means generational sin that's passed down and around. In other words, what was he teaching the 12? I had to rush real fast to get to it. Go back and watch it again. What was he teaching the 12? He said, your fathers were like this. Your mama and them were like this. Every time they got ready to do something miraculous and something major and something big, they would say, we don't have the pieces. Say, Lord, stir my creativity. Your wrestling match has been with yourself. Everybody watch me. It's not even been the devil. It's been with you. But tonight. If you're in this building or you're online tonight, you need to become a Christian for the first time or recommit yourself to the Lord. This is your opportunity. i got to do this before we receive communion. Did you get anything out of this word? So if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. In the building, just raise one of your hands online. Do the hand wave emoji or say, it's me. Tonight's going to be the beginning of you overcoming yourself. Everything we just read was about them overcoming them. 
He was telling them, y'all have lost your creativity and you're too grown for your own good. Say, Lord, restore my creativity. In the building, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I count to three. Online, do the hand wave emoji. Say it's me. Please become a Christian. Recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Be sure tonight. God's coming to get you tonight. One, two, three. If that's you, just raise your hand wherever you're at. In this building, raise your hand. I see you. I see you. That's 300. I see you. Online, do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. Everybody, real quick, just pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place because of this belief. And because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Thank you, Lord, for your kingdom that's in me, that's manifesting around me. Restore my creativity in Jesus' name. Can you text the word decision at 877-552-4746? Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to the number 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday how powerful is the cox network so powerful that one day the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away connecting to remote operating room giving a whole new meaning to the term house call operation complete the cox network with gig speeds everywhere it's internet built for tomorrow today cox bringing us closer in cox serviceable areas speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms apply other restrictions may apply